Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith. And I'm Andrew Tahada. I am a blurred with a love for artwork and comics and animation. And I'm a freelance writer with a love for pretty much the same things. We grew up together and spent our formative years watching and talking about DC superhero shows and content. In fact, we still do. Every episode, we will discuss a film and its connection to the DC animated movie universe, compare it to its original source material, and share our thoughts on the adaptation. We've enjoyed our conversations these past couple of decades, and we think you will too. This is yet another DC Animated Podcast. Welcome to yet another episode of yet another DC Animated Podcast. My name is Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I am Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. Andrew and I have known each other since 1996. That was the year Motorola introduces the StarTech clamshell phone, the first cell phone clamshell of its kind in, sold in the United States. Did you say StarTech? <laughs> StarTech? Star Maybe he's Star Tech. Maybe it's oh, like, Star what maybe, <laughs> maybe Tony did it. Tony did it. Okay. Well, um, all right. You know what? That is some weird technology. And I think I get the reference. There is a cell phone joke, but as well as a bunch of technological advances. In our episode today, Batman Unlimited Monster Mayhem. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, unfortunately for us, we have come across Calendar Man once again. So we're taking a brief break, hopefully, um, looking over at him to make sure this is brief, where we're going to cover a Halloween special episode today. Uh, that is right. Today we are covering this monster mayhem and how Batman deals with Halloween. Yes. And hopefully Calendar Man has been merciful to us this time. You know, in the past, he's been pretty generous with the holiday special. So, uh, you know, maybe this time it'll be different. This is a 2015 film that ran for about 80 minutes. It is rated PG. I'm looking over at Calendar Man again. He has confirmed that I can't say what I'm what I would like to say on certain things because uh, we have this PG rated film directed by Butch Lukic. Um, you will probably have seen that name and a lot of animation stuff. He has done a lot of work on the animation department within classic DC animated films and shows. Uh, and he later on worked to become the director of Beware the Batman, the television series, and a, you know, kind of a favorite of ours, Batman Beyond. Oh, yeah, a little beyond. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, animation was done by DR Movie, who um, we've heard of quite many times already in the past. So they've done work on One Punch Man, JoJo's Bizarre Adventures, a lot of DC AMU films, just like our Batman and Harley Quinn episode, and also a couple of movies from Studio Ghibli. Oh, so, wow. That's a good resume. <laughs> yeah, I was shocked. I was just like, man, it's clear why um, the animation in this movie was 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 built different. <laughs> So cast list, we got Roger Craig Smith, who's jumping over from his role as Captain America on Avengers Assemble, the animated series, to don now the Cape Crusader role of Batman here today. Um, Troy Baker joins him as seemingly more and more as like Mark Hamill's successor as the voice of Joker. Uh, fun fact, both Roger and Troy are actually the voice of Batman and Joker in the Arkham Origins game. 
Oh, that makes sense. That mm-hmm. makes complete sense. Yeah, yeah. And definitely Troy Baker, we know, is pretty good because, you know, he did double duty as Batman in our favorite Batman versus TMNT movie. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, following up with these two, we got Carrie Payton, who boots back up as Cyborg. Um, you'll probably remember Brian from The Office. Um, he was the one that consoled Pam. I'm doing a rewatch of The Office currently. So is, <laughs> sorry, spoilers. Um, and he's currently the voice of Mickey Mouse. He's been doing so since 2013. But today, Chris Diamantopoulos voices Green Arrow. That's uh, interesting. Mickey and Green Arrow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Yuri Lowenthal is um, not web swinging today, but he does swing in as Red Robin, Tim Drake. Um, today's film might be perfect for this Scream Queen because, again, it's a Halloween special. We got Kari Wu here, uh, who's voicing Silver Banshee. Joining his Avengers Assemble cast member is Fred Tadasior as Solomon Grundy. Uh, funny enough, if you actually listen to his voice throughout this film, it is basically Hulk talking. <laughs> uh, we heard him as Brainiac 5 in our Legion of Superheroes movie. And today, but today, this Final Destination and Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 2 star, Noel Fisher, is back as Gogo Shoto. Part 2. That's that's what kills me. <laughs> <laughs> And finally, because of his amazing scenes in the critically acclaimed Halloween episode of Boy Meets World, um, and then there was Sean as the name of that title episode, we have Will Friedel as Nightwing. All right, so that's the stats of our of our show of our movie. Um, Calendar Man has given us the okay to move along, so it's time for us to do the Monster Mash and Boom Tube over to the beginning of Batman Unlimited Monster Mayhem. So Grundy and Silver Banshee have just escaped from Arkham. Kind of understand why Grundy's there. Not quite sure what Silver Banshee's doing in Arkham Asylum. That seems like she just should be in regular jail. I don't know. I mean, but, when you wear that much face paint and, and the, clo- the the tire that she has, I, I feel like Batman doesn't judge anymore. <laughs> I guess he just takes you off to prison regardless. Right. <laughs> um, they escape Arkham and they run into a bunch of people in Halloween costumes, including someone with a terrible green arrow beard. Like, bro, like most of the cosplay was pretty good. Just get a better beard. And once they have scared off the fake super costume superheroes, we get the reveal that we're confirmation more like it, that we are in the future because the police cars, they fly now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They take off kind of like... um. You know when you hit that one random turn that that device in uh, Mario Kart where the wheels turn in a certain way? Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yep. That's that's that technology. I'm pretty sure of it. So look out, Nintendo. It looks like you got yourself a copyright issue. As the police are chasing after Grundy and Silver Banshee, they immediately are able to escape, destroy the police cars. But soon after, they get caught by Nightwing and Green Arrow who are watching as the escape is happening and they intervene long enough for Batman and Red Robin to join the pursuit in this like crazy looking Batmobile which is basically um, a bat's head and a car attached to it. (laughs) And you would know this better than me. Is this the first time we've seen Red Robin in a movie or like series like this? Oh, you know what? Yes, this is the first time in 
animation that I do believe that Tim Drake does don the Red Robin costume as well as use the code name. So yeah, wow, I forgot about that. Hey, you know, sometimes I'm like, you know, we've seen a lot of these and I don't remember ever seeing him. So <laughs> Yeah, it's like we've seen we've seen Tim, you know, Titans. I'm going I'm just gonna bring it up because it's Halloween special, so I have to scare you in some way, Andrew. <laughs> oh god, oh no. <laughs> But yeah, they immediately start chasing after Grundy and Banshee. Um, unfortunately, though, for our heroes, um, Grundy apparently learned how to drive thanks to the Dominic Toretto School of Driving as he's able to uh, take down Nightwing with the help of Silver Banshee. Uh, Green Arrow's on his Green Arrow mobile or motorcycle trying to give chase, but unfortunately, they um, trapped them behind on the opposite side of a cave which batman starts using a drill from his car to try to break through that would take like realistically like 10 minutes right like at, at the very least to get through <laughs> yeah also i don't think it's the most stable form of trying to break through like i'm pretty sure there's some structural damage once this happened yeah and it doesn't matter because while the uh, while Green Arrow and Nightwing are in pursuit, they get hit by Scarecrow's gel. I I guess is yeah. I'm not gonna. Gel? I'm not gonna think too much about it because my question is: is why was Scarecrow his most Jack self today? <laughs> <laughs> no wonder they paid attention to him because he's 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 not shaped like a scarecrow no more. He, this man is jacked. Yeah, yeah. Like they they added some extra straw in his padding. For this episode um and they're able to scarecrow's able to hit them with these little balls that um send out his fear toxin and gas form that knocks out nightwing and green arrow giving scarecrow an opportunity to it seems like he it's his crew it's grundy and banshee is his crew that he's operating with now to tell them that we need to get out of here for the next stage of the plan leaving batman and red robin to go and pick up the pieces and try to figure out what they should do next yeah, also uh the the fact that Green Arrow was wearing his like hood underneath his motorcycle helmet, bro. <laughs> so extra. Calm down. Put the hood down. All right. You got a helmet on. <laughs> so it's for some reason some weird extra padding. <laughs> I guess so. As we are going deeper into this world, we get a nice little credits thing. Where there's some nice transitions, you know, a, a batarang becomes the batwing and and stuff like that. It's pretty fun, little bit bit of animation. But now it's time to meet Gogo, who's playing Batman for the PS5 VR. And <laughs> right in the middle, <laughs> you could tell us the future because he has a PS5. Um, <laughs> they're available. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag definitely not sponsored by Sony. Um, so. In the middle of this gaming session, he his friend Anna shows up, and it's pretty clear right away that this is not the Anna he knows because uh, this Anna can like punch down shelves and is stronger, slightly faster, and almost robotic in nature. So the reveal is Anna is, of course, a Terminator, played by no, it's Clayface. Yeah, it's yeah, just Clayface. <laughs> But, you know, Clayface is a very artistic actor, so there's a possibility that he was channeling his Terminator um, acting skills here. As 
this leads into Gogo trying to reach to his panic room. He does come across the unconscious body of his assistant, Anna, um, but he leaves her behind. <laughs> kind of messed up, bro. <laughs> uh, cause especially because he re- retreated to his server slash panic room. And he uses the computer that's in there to change the billboard design that's happening on the outside to alert Batman to what's happening there. So Batman immediately jumps into the building to stop Clayface from kidnapping Gogo, which he does kind of do for like three seconds until Clayface shows that he's his ultimate self in this one. Yeah, not only is Clayface able to absorb Gogo into his body, but he's also able to create these bat wings Mm-hmm. that allow him to fly sure i <laughs> didn't know clayface could do that but he can in this movie <laughs> again it's those acting skills man i mean harley quinn has taught us that the man is versatile <laughs> oh true if he can be a chair he can fly through the, the air <laughs> so batman pursues him with the bat foldable bat glider wings sure um not the most ridiculous invention we'll see in this movie and his pursuit is cut short when a a truck is sent spiraling towards the civilians and batman throws his batarang at the wheels and kills them all okay he doesn't do that in the movie but realistically that's exactly what would happen if he did that (laughs) holy crap batman come on now (laughs) I I need to know. I need some power scaling here. Maybe in like what is physics and science in this world? It does not make any sense. He is defying all of it. So, you know, the um this gives Clayface an opportunity to escape. Uh, but more importantly, the family is just so proud of, of Batman doing this job of not killing them with this very dangerous technique that the kid asks for a selfie. And we do see that Batman's pretty cool with um, getting selfies, which leads into our next introduction of our next hero, which is Cyborg, who is living his Indiana Jones yet like high tech dreams here in this movie today. Oh, and quick thing, that kid took a selfie on a cell phone, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, All right, we'll come back to that later. Um... (laughs) Oh! (laughs) I do get it. I got it. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. Uh, This cyborg, in a weird dynamic, he actually has a good relationship with his dad. Normally, that is never (laughs) the case. But here, he's uh, chilling with his dad. They just installed some flight mods. And um, Gordon came in to let him know there's been a theft at a lab that I was legitimately shocked it wasn't Star Labs. It was Dr. <laughs> Ivo's lab's this time. Yeah, the only reason why is because Silas Stone was in Star Labs with Cyborg. So they're like, they're probably like, you know, we got to show the good father-son dynamic regardless of the location. But I guess no lab is safe in the DC universe. Nah, if you if you'd like to do science, stop it because you're gonna get hurt. <laughs> this is why all of Batman's villains are doctors and everything. It's because their their like projects keeps getting attacked by criminal activity. Of course, this is what it is. I think yeah, I think there's an underlying problem Batman needs to solve. <laughs> 
So now that um, Cyborg is able to, he gets the video that Gordon sends off to him to try to figure out who could it be, like who's in this video trying to, that stole from um, Ivo Industries. And he's able to clear it up enough to see that it's Scarecrow and Silver Banshee. So he immediately takes the uh, video and sends it over to Batman um, and alerts him that, like, you know, this is clear that there's something bigger at work here, that Scarecrow is working with Grundy and Silver Banshee. And it might be all tied to um, all these stuff that's been happening at the lab. But they can't focus on that quite yet because while Cyborg is prepping for um, heading over to a museum event to talk about this new ink and crystal that he discovered with his technology, there is another robbery happening at the same time featuring, well, I would say probably this universe's version of Pizza Man Peter Parker from Spider-Man 2. <laughs> the most jacked pizza man you'll ever meet because it's <laughs> Solomon Grundy. He even says pizza time. I mm-hmm. didn't like, he caught that. <laughs> and um, clearly he's a little aggressive. Maybe he works for Papa John's. I don't know, but he will deliver the pizzas with extreme prejudice um and in the middle of this infiltration uh dick grayson shows up and knocks over grundy's ice cream so savage that was a dick move yeah it was a dick move (laughs) and then grundy returns with saying you i'm gonna make a wishbone and to be clear he had Nightwing's legs and intended to split this man in half. PG? <laughs> PG? It would have been PG-13 if he actually did it. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, Nightwing does not turn into a wishbone um, and is able to fend off Grundy for uh, approximately five seconds before getting <laughs> smacked aside. And here, meanwhile, Joker, who is driving the escape ice cream truck, is now being pursued. Just say it. You can... say it. No, say it. I want you to call it exactly what it is. He's being pursued by Batman's mechanical wolf motorcycle. <laughs> yes. In this movie, there is no limit to technology. <laughs> As Batman has found in some way, shape, or form to get a Transformers Beast Wars member on his team uh this is this movie is actually a sequel in this um in this universe in the previous movie batman unlimited animal instincts this is where we're introduced to um some animal-based crimes one of it was actually being perpetrated by this mechanical being here which is called ace the blade wolf fortunately though for batman ace um turned over his criminal ways and became Ace the, you know, you know, Bat Hound, but in this futuristic version, is chasing after Joker. Joker is just shocked as we are that Batman has this kind of technology at his disposal. Um, but as Joker hits the gas, Batman is flying overhead and decides to meet up with his robo wolf that turns once again into the Bat Cycle. Was the Bat Cycle in a different place? Because it seems like if the motorcycle was faster, would it not have been faster for him to be using him in motorcycle form the entire time? Why why even go to wolf form at all? I have no answer to that because I'm still <laughs> trying to process that Batman has access to a robo-wolf. Yeah, and this plot doesn't give you much time to think about anything because now... <laughs> 
Joker is doing some fast and furious Tokyo drifting, is able to escape Batman um, and pick up Grundy um, while after Grundy takes Batman out of the equation temporarily. And this gives us a moment where Joker says, I'm so happy, Grundy. I could kiss you. In fact, I will. Gives Grundy a kiss on the cheek. Grundy blushes, and the camera lingers on this. It lingers. <laughs> and look, if that's what Grundy's into, I'm okay with it. But why did we have to witness this lingering on for so long? It was so long, this moment. Because Grundies need love too. <laughs> I I guess I guess, my God. <laughs> so again, we have to get through this plot because um, now we hop on over to the real villainous plot of the film, where we discover that in this location, um, Shoto is being held by every single villain that we've seen here. With Joker, he's leading the squad, um, and he has a plan. He has a plan to somehow, with the help of um, these villains and Shoto, to show the Gogo Shoto to um, to take over Gotham. But again, we don't have much time to talk about that because Batman has now entered the Batcave. He's trying to figure out what next to do as Red Robin is testing out one of Gogo's video games. Um, again, this is that PS5 VR system where he's facing off. Um, I think this was a, a version of Call of Duty where there was zombie warfare. So he's playing that game. Yeah, and uh, as they're discussing this game, they kind of realize they got to go to this gala regardless. So Alfred was a little sassed about having to iron all these capes. <laughs> I understand. Everybody's got a cape nowadays. Mm-hmm. And they shoot right over to the gala where they meet Nightwing and Green Arrow. And, um, okay, a couple things here. First of all, Gr- Green Arrow, do you not have anything else to do? Why are you still here? <laughs> Is Star City fine now? Did you, <laughs> did you eliminate all crime? Tell Batman that then. Also, I feel like he's probably going to be in charge of Queen Consolidated or even the mayor of the place. Right. What is he not doing right now? <laughs> So, um, all and also they are all, all in civilian costumes, but for some reason decide to talk very openly about an open investigation in the middle of the party where literally anyone could hear them. This is the superhero diner thing I hate all over again. <laughs> and before they can all expose their secret identities, the Joker shows up and God, there's a dinosaur, guys. There's just a there's a dinosaur, giant robot <laughs> dinosaur. I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> uh yeah, we got uh we got Clayface who's turned himself into a giant dinosaur while Joker uses this as an opportunity to steal the Incan diamond crystal, as we were mentioning from before, that Cyborg had found. Um, Cyborg reveals while in conversation with this um, elderly socialite who's hitting on him quite clearly that it is some sort of energy conductor. It's it can hold a vast amount of energy, and 
Bruce in this conversation realizes, you know, as the, the heroes are teaming up and they change out their civilian clothes quite quickly. I need to figure out how how they even do this. They do have superpowers, I guess. Or nanotech? Like how? Nanotech would be pretty cool, but <laughs> but yeah, as um they the heroes deduce pretty quickly that the villains are up to a plot that involves the rob that involved the robberies from all of these tech facilities. They stole um something from Ivo, um, they stole Shoto, they stole this the, the crystal and also Grundy in during his pizza time moment stole something from a nuclear lab. Um, I have no idea why the nuclear lab is in Gotham. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> but this gives um, this turns into now a full on chase where the villains have their own car while Joker pulls up in his um, souped up Joker mobile or motorcycle. A lot of people also have motorcycles in this movie. Yeah, like a gorilla-themed motorcycle. I don't really get the connection. Hyena would have been more fitting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everyone's got vehicles, and um, because Red Robin's got a Green Goblin glider, guys. It's a, it's a <laughs> not the Red Gob, not the Green Goblin glider, the Red Robin glider. Yeah. Um, it was at this point, if it wasn't obvious to anyone, this movie needs to sell some toys. Because everybody has multiple accessories, multiple gliders and motorcycles. It was at this point I was like, this is just for the Red Robin deluxe toy set. Complete <laughs> with flying glider. Um, but it becomes his undoing very soon because Joker is able to use a computer virus that makes all technology laugh. It just does. And um, Red Robin just falls out of the sky because... <laughs> It was a dumb idea to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, this technology knocks out all electronics within Gotham. Um, so kids are trying to catch up on the latest episode of Bat Wheels. Unfortunately, not today, y'all. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so as the heroes are trying to figure out what's going on, something that they start realizing is that, um, you know, Red Robin is about to drop down to supposed death but he's caught by green arrow and cyborg has also been corrupted by this virus which joker has now revealed after they have their escape in a very well-timed video message to all the citizens of gotham that he has taken away all of the power um which now means that he is now in control of gotham as the king of gotham surprisingly didn't go with the emperor joker joke here yeah um, so he starts naming his um, his cabinet in a way where he names that Grundy is now the new chief of police who's wearing a very comically set of shorts and very baby gap tight fitting <laughs> um, police shirts. Uh, Clayface is the Baron of Candy just because he looks like melted chocolate. That That is literally what he says. Uh, yeah, I, and I guess Scarecrow and banshee are doing something with finance or uh, yeah. they, they're never really defined um so all the people there's two re there's two realistic things going on here <laughs> one well two scenarios one everybody in gotham could leave but says you know batman will probably figure this out in 24 hours or so so i might as well just see how this all plays out or there's some other plot line about them not being able to leave 
Mm. But either way, the people of Gotham are not in any real danger until later. And we will get to it. Uh, (laughs) But um, they do say if you Joker says if you snap a picture of one of the heroes, he'll reward you with an hour of screen time or something. I don't know what they're supposed to snap a picture on since all technology is disabled. Um, <laughs> but the bigger problem is in the in uh, the following scene where they're in the Batcave, Nightwing points out that Joker is sending out some kind of signal on the cell phone, on all cell phones to um, to reach out to people because it's just a side effect of his virus. But he explicitly tells Tim Drake, this is a cell phone. They went extinct. No, they didn't. Because a kid had a cell phone 10 scenes ago. But this is (laughs) crucial to the plot. So the writers, uh, did you not care? (laughs) Yeah, I'm still trying to wrap my head around the fact of why he felt that cell phones were extinct. Like, is it just that there's some new version of a cell phone? phone that isn't a cell is this like the iphone 20 i i i I don't know but then there's still a see this is calendar man what the heck man (laughs) (laughs) so now that we got this new version of um gotham by gaslight here um the heroes have now banded together they realize that the only thing that they can do is rely on some old school crime fighting and um detective work to figure out the next steps as they are able to figure out where Joker and the rest of the villains are located, mainly because they don't have an, because then they worked fast really because um, Joker reveals that he wants a, a parade thrown for him. And it's going to be spectacular, very given very much like um, Tim Burton, Batman vibes. Um, So Joker is the man in this parade and they realize that they have to stop Joker where he's at, which is at the docks where this random abandoned amusement park is located because something about Joker's bike being used from the parts of the amusement park, it's it, for some reason it clicks for Batman. Just always search abandoned amusement parks with Joker. You're, you're probably, he's probably just <laughs> hanging out there on Tuesdays. <laughs> So after Scarecrow fat shames Clayface for some reason, um, the heroes arrive <laughs> to stop the Joker. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't. Why was this in here? Um, so Red Robin, they, the villains split up. Um, Red Robin hurts himself just by landing. I, bro, Tim, what's going on, man? Um, do you want to do this, Tim? Do you really? <laughs> um, Solomon Grundy meets up with Batman in the Tunnel of Love, which is the weirdest Dark Knight Returns reference I've ever seen. Um, and uh, Green Arrow takes on Silver Banshee, and Scarecrow takes on Nightwing. Two quick things I'll say about these scenes. One, Green Arrow, all he had to do was stay in shooting range to take down Silver Banshee. Mm-hmm. But he gets close enough for her to, to break his bow and for him to get really emotional about it. <laughs> Say goodbye, dear friend. And with the Nightwing battle, again, how many times do I have to say it? If you are fighting Scarecrow, bring nose plugs. 
Mm-hmm. I, I I keep I I feel like I'm taking crazy pills on this, guys. But come on, <laughs> you you went in there knowing Scarecrow was going to be there. This is not a surprise. Duh. Well, you would think that the heroes would lose to this one, but unfortunately, uh, it is a superhero film, so everybody does win, which gives Joker an opportunity upon returning to call in his reinforcements, which is basically um, him controlling the Robo Hound, Ace the Robo, the Blade Wolf, uh, the Bat Glider or Batwing, the Batmobile, which is, I'm pretty sure more and more, this is just getting like a ripoff of, of Bat Wheels right now. And finally, his like champion here, Cyborg, who does know that he, he's doing wrong, but he can't control his body against it. Yes, and uh, sorry, before we get to this this other ridiculous scene, <laughs> two more things about the fight scene that I just can't let go. <laughs> One, Green Arrow ends up using baseballs to mm. oh, against yeah, yeah, yeah. Banshee, but approximately 2.5 minutes later has a new bow. He reassembled it, which I was also tight about. I forgot because I was just like, goodbye, sweet friend. And then it's just like, oh, yeah, my my bow is basically a Lego. Yeah. Bloodsport would like to have a word with you about assembling your weapons on the fly. And then secondly, at one point, Clayface imitates Gogo and tries to confuse Tim Drake into which one is the real Gogo. Mm. How does this ruse benefit him in any way? <laughs> what, like, what, what, this concealing, if he wins, if he tricks Red Robin, what happens? Um, but back to another, the other battle we have, um, all the technology starts attacking. Um, it's why you don't make your motorcycle into a blade wolf because the blade wolf will attack your friends if it's taken over by a computer virus. Um, Tim Drake has a back to the future, a hoverboard going on and he's trying to fight cyborg with us who gives a surprisingly tragic line of, I don't want to do this, man which is all the gravitas you're going to get in this movie. <laughs> um, Dick, because he has a death wish. to. Okay, why did Dick have to like mm. nearly get himself yeeted into death to stop the Batwing? Was there a reason for this? <laughs> My man is likes flying on a trapeze. <laughs> it's, it's the Grayson motto. If you, if you don't die up in the air, did you actually die a warrior's death? <laughs> I, I guess not um, and when he lands in the water he says I never did enjoy surfing that, <laughs> that wasn't surfing you did not surf anything bro <laughs> do you have a concussion um, and of course Batman uses super sewer time to bring an end to the Batmobile mm -hmm. and thankfully all of this was victorious right they won right yeah yeah of course <laughs> um no because during this whole entire battle uh joker breaks out his crew they escape and um the the heroes are able to take down some of the technology um 
by which I mean they um, they're able to take down the things that aren't cyborg. But they finally do take down cyborg by basically blowing my man's up. They hit him with water, and then Nightwing takes his screamer sticks with the taser setting, um, set it to deep fry as cyborg is shocked and knocked out. Um, as our heroes now decide to take Shoto back with him, back with them to the Batcave. And this is where they're realizing that they only have a few hours left before Joker's parade, which also he reveals that um, at the end of the parade, the entire world will now be put into Joker's virus, knocking out all the power. So instead of it being Joker town, it's about to be Joker world. Yeah. And I mean, guys, buckle up because it's not going to get any more sane than this. Um, Batman meets up with Jim Gordon, who Jim Gordon says <laughs> he's lost his rank in the police force because Grundy has busted him down to cop from commissioner and that he's only able to be here talking to Batman because he's playing a game of hide and seek with Solomon Grundy. Why does this man recognize Grundy's authority as the police <laughs> chief, first of all? Secondly, when the hell did Grundy have time to do this? He was just fighting the heroes two seconds ago. <laughs> he was unconscious. And who's arresting these people? <laughs> My God. This was the scene. This was the scene that almost <laughs> broke me. <laughs> That they recognize Grundy's authority. You know, we did say that um, Batman today had already bought, broke the laws of physics with that um, with that car battering explosion. But it's clear that today he has also broken all logic. And we're not certainly not going to stop now because nope. they <laughs> go through with the parade. And Jim Gordon, because he's a damn good cop, comes up with this insane plan where since Grundy has a rocket launcher, Gordon just keeps pointing in random directions and saying, Batman's over there and lets Grundy fire the rocket launcher, killing millions of civilians every time he does this. Because that's what would happen, Gordon. This wouldn't be a cute, <laughs> oh, he's running out of rockets. No, man, you would be killing people left and right. Also, everyone was cheering because they thought it was fireworks. Which is like, we are the people, you're in Gotham. There have never been fireworks in your place at all. It's been only gunshots. <laughs> Y'all don't have to question which is which. It is, it is gunshots. <laughs> um, but no time to think about all the civilian casualties Gordon caused because Batman has to go into the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um... Shoto is able to craft a pair of VR goggles for Batman to jump into the AI world. This is the AI that was stolen from Ivo Laboratories. Um, and while he's in there, he gets to see Joker firsthand, who immediately finds him. And a chase ensues in this AI world where Joker reveals that, um, you know, because it's a place of, of imagination, he has the powers of Freddy Krueger. And he turns Batman into Fat Man. Um, no disrespect, Kevin Smith, but you know this is this is just basically what's happening. As Joker then starts chasing 
um, the heavier set bat, um, Batman to, by turning into pterodactyls himself. So Batman, he's able to escape um, and recover. He also realizes that in the place of imagination, he too can do whatever he wants. And then we get the most jacked and probably the most absurd character we've ever seen in a DC animated film. The B-Rex. The B-Rex. The B- yes, the B-Rex. As, as Joker. He used Batman Megazord power and summoned the B-Rex. I'm trying to hold on, guys. I'm trying. Which also, <laughs> which also shoots lasers. I just want... Also it, shoots lasers. It does shoot lasers, guys. It shoots lasers. Um... So we go back to the parade for a second where the heroes take down all the villains, including Gordon, who had installed a trap door into the into the moat that uh, Grundy was on. So at any time, at any time, he could have stopped Grundy, but chose not to. Gordon, what the hell are you doing? You should be a cop. You should be demoted. You let millions of people die. <laughs> but all the villains are captured one way or the other in ways increasingly more ridiculous that you don't even need to hear about but (laughs) (laughs) back in the matrix batman comes up with a way to convert the embodiment of the computer virus represented by jokers into into batman by touching them um and much like the matrix i feel pretty like, yeah oh yeah, yeah kind very, of like a this is what happened in the matrix <laughs> yeah with the uh with with agent smith, with agent Collins. smith. <laughs> so the question here is did batman know that his lasers would split the virus off into multiple embodiments of the joker enough so that he could take them over agent smith style and override the system did he plan did he account for this You know, one <laughs> logically, I would say no. But this is also the Batman that breaks logic. And I like to think that it's all because of one line. Earlier on in the movie, when we were first talking about how Shoto's creating this game, about how you can play as Batman, Alfred comes up and states multiple batman worst nightmare because i have to wash hand wash so many capes i think this was batman's end game all along because of that one line from alfred which again means that alfred is the true superhero of the bat family yep um anyway that's that's me breaking logic because again this is batman breaking logic so yeah, we're, this is there's no point in trying to apply logic right now because they get out of the matrix. Joker uses his spinny chair that he has to to get away from Batman. Yes, he canonically in this movie escapes Batman by going on a spinny chair really, really fast. <laughs> um, and it's revealed it's not over, guys. I'm sorry, it's not because Joker has a robot and he's uploading from a second location and um the only way to stop the robot is because earlier they were in a world war ii museum 
they get World War II vehicles and <laughs> they, fight, they fight this robot with the World War II vehicles. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. Uh, and not only that, the Joker also has not only the backup of Mecha Joker, um, he calls for Cyborg once again because he's still being controlled by him. So the heroes in these World War II fighter jets and motorcycles and tanks, there is a full on tank that makes an appearance. Um, you know, Fast and Furious is calling. Um, they are able to fully take down um, Cyborg and Joker because the virus has been stopped. And they're able to destroy the giant Mecha Joker. However, Joker reveals that he has one more trick up his sleeve as somehow he created some kind of cybernetic armor that pops out of the Mecha Joker that gives him an opportunity to fly away and escape. So now Batman and the now um, antivirus cyborg are in pursuit, revealing one more plot point in our film. (laughs) Apparently, at some point, Joker took the Incan diamond or whatever that Cyborg found and implanted it inside of Cyborg's body because he's also a tech genius in this universe. And apparently, that was the mobile source of the upload. Cyborg figures it out, stops Joker, and 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 Joker falls in the ocean. All right, we're 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 done here. We're done with the Joker stuff. Okay. I, I this is this is too much. It's too much. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, the villains, the rest of the villains, are taken into Arkham. Um. Not before Solomon Grundy reveals the most heartbreaking news of all: that every single game of hide and go seek that he's playing with Commissioner Gordon, he actually let Gordon win. And our movie wraps up with Joker revealing that he actually did survive the fall. He's coming out of the river as he's now plotting his next scheme, which includes um, creating more pizza time by creating a pizza place and naming it Giggles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's our film. Um, that was Batman Unlimited Monster Mayhem. That is a Halloween special for y'all. Uh, before we give a, our feelings about it and everything, we're going to talk to Calendar Man real quick about why we had to talk about this film in particular. But while we do that, here's a show from the Forgotten Entertainment family that you should be listening to the next time you're not listening to us. Hi, I'm Mike Phil. Yeah, I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Generic Ad. Join us every Wednesday as we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the film, maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know, you might find your own forgotten gem. Forgotten Cinema is available wherever you get your podcasts or at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are a proud part of the Forgotten Entertainment family i swear i talk more in the episodes all right batman unlimited monster mayhem the second film in this batman unlimited film series what do you think andrew how how, what were your feelings about today's halloween special (laughs) you look so upset (laughs) this movie this movie broke me (laughs) none of our ranking systems are are really sufficient um, to <laughs> describe 
the train wreck we witnessed here. <laughs> My goodness. When we can't even, I'm going to ask you this question. Why is this called Monster Mayhem? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's because they're just calling out, um, you know, it's very, it's more so offensive to Solomon Grundy and Silver Banshee than it is to the rest of this crew. <laughs> I, there's no, but it's like, okay, maybe you have the, the villains causing some mayhem, but it had nothing to do with monsters. This is a movie about technology. Mm-hmm. Like, virus mayhem uh, and cyber virus. I like to call it anything else. Um, well, where to begin? Uh, first of all, it's rare to say this, but th- this movie had too many fight scenes. It had wow. way too many, too much action. That meant nothing. Um, <laughs> the villains escaped four times over the course of this movie. And actually, I, I think it might have even been more than that. Um, to a point where you wonder, is Batman even good at his job in this universe? Because I don't <laughs> think he is. Um, I, 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 can't, I can't use any more brain cells on this plot. But as you could tell from our description, it makes no sense. This is a more insane plan. Once again, we have a more insane plan than the gods and monsters, which is <laughs> the most insane I thought you could get. But no, this is it. <laughs> a worldwide virus that can disable technology remotely. And what this was Joker's plan? Wouldn't it have made more sense for it to be anyone else's plan? <laughs> Yeah, I I'm also still trying to wrap my head around. Like we know that Joker, I I feel like Joker would have been more so involved in the plan. Like this is more like a, a Lex Luthor plan. I feel. Yes. Yeah. Like this isn't really uh you know like if Joker wanted to do this, I feel like the part where he's like saying like throw me the parade and maybe like you know pay me for the um for the use of technology. Would have been more so his his thing. Figuring out how to get this ink and diamond to take out all technology, basically create an EMP and send everybody to the dark ages. This is very excessive. Not nothing comical about this. So Joker, this was uh, not the best plan, but well thought out because I guess maybe there were just so many different steps. Like he assembled a okay enough team to oh, you're just shaking your head it's just like shamar what are you doing <laughs> i this is a riddler plan this is a this is a riddler plan yes yes this is definitely a riddler plan i'd even go mad hatter i'd settle for a mad hatter plan <laughs> <laughs> this is not a joker plan it's, it's like the characters are essentially they're there you know <laughs> there's they tr- they attempt to do one thing They attempt to do literally one thing in this movie with Nightwing and Scarecrow, where there's this running theme of Nightwing being scared, but Nightwing has conquered his fears of turning into Batman. Um, Strangely enough, they do this more effectively than Titans. And that's the only compliment this movie's getting. Um, We tried to do the exact same thing. But the movie isn't about anything. There's no message here. I, you know, as much as we, you know, can dunk on things like 
Wonder Woman Bloodlines or Static Shack. I can I can tell you that Static Shack had more of a message than this movie did. Damn. I felt like I learned something here. What is the point? Technology is bad. No, that's not the point. I don't think I can tell you. I, no, because then, then you, I, you'll basically say that Cyborg is bad. And it's just like, you, do you really want to go that route to talk about Cyborg being bad? Like, wait, way to go, y'all. Like, I don't know. You know, I wish I could. Normally I have a more structured argument, but I this this thing broke me, man. I, I don't I can't I don't have anything else. It's just bad. It's it's honestly might have been the worst thing I've seen on this podcast. And once again, <laughs> I've watched Static Shack. How does it rank against Static Shack for you? Yes, I did it. I finally got you with the one DC movie. <laughs> and I can't believe it was even a Teen Titans Go movie. No, that seems like a mercy compared to this. Uh, for me, you know, I think you said it best. Um, this movie was definitely made for all the toy sales. I have never seen so many random upgrades. Like the fact that, which was pretty cool to see, or Cyborg was like, oh, I could fly now. I got a propulsion system. And I was thinking about that. It's like, man, if I had a toy Cyborg that can fly, and I was like, ah, oh, that's it. This movie is literally made just to sell toys, which I'm actually going to talk about <laughs> very soon. But to just wrap it up real quick, yes, this um, it's definitely one of those most like things where it's just like, we're not going to focus too much on certain aspects of groundbreaking storytelling. This is a movie where if you're at home, maybe you're with your kids that you're probably taking care of in some way, shape or form, you know, they like Batman, um, but you don't want, you want to make sure that they watch something that isn't, you know, too graphic. Cause again, there have been a lot more Batman content, DC content recently that has gotten to be more adult focused. Uh, if you need something calm while to, to calm down your kids while you maybe go clean the room, this is it. Or if you need something calm yourself while you clean your room, this is it. This is a movie where it's okay to play in the background and fall asleep. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure they weren't looking for a groundbreaking story here. They're just looking for selling the toys for this thing. And it's okay because every single time that you wake up from this film, there might be a new plot point, but just enough that you could probably connect some dots. Yeah, or or don't, because this plot could be assembled in any random order and it still make just about as much sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But all right, that is, yeah, that's my thoughts on it. And I'm glad now that I can finally talk about the history behind this whole entire film. Oh, God. Um, so fun fact, there are no comics that this story pulls from. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, this movie was done. Um, it's a Mattel hat, um, Mattel DC Warner Brothers production. Um, it was made because after Mattel got the rights to make Batman toys back in 2003, it was just like we need to find a way to sell that Batman content to the kids out there in the world. And prior to Mattel owning it, getting it in 2003, um, it was hopping around a bit between different um, toy companies. Most famously, the first company to own it was uh, Mega Corporation, who made the Action Jackson toys. And oh. yeah, so 
the first set of toys for Batman actually came out in 1972 when they decided to create a world's greatest superhero line. Uh, basically, what they did was during for this Christmas se- for that Christmas season, they swapped out the Action Jackson heads for the heroes that we we know, and just put them in footy pajamas to then create <laughs> this new line of toys. And you've actually seen these, Andrew. Think of Robot Chicken. <laughs> the Robot Chicken dolls? <laughs> yep. Every single time you've seen the episode of Robot Chicken where they're mocking the DC Justice League, those are, those are what the toys look like. Uh, wow. Worlds <laughs> colliding here today. <laughs> I'm oh, glad this more. movie could provide some educational value. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, um, but yeah, that was the design that they went with. So since then, you can definitely tell that they've upgraded because back in 1972, they actually gave Batman a removable cow, which they took away because it was too expensive to make. And they also um, took away his oven mitts because instead of having his gloves, they gave him oven mitts to, to use his gloves as that toy showed in the bat and previously. <laughs> Um, so Mattel, once they got the reins, they just started making these like cooler looking toys. So obviously with this movie, they're not focusing on storytelling or anything. They're trying to get thrown as much tech as possible, which is why we got Batmobile, Batwing, Red Robin's glider, um, Green Arrow cycle, the, the bat, you know, it ace the blade wolf cyborgs, um, flight edition. Everything is just dedicated to what would be a cool toy to play with? Did this inspire the, to- the, the toy sales? I'm not entirely too sure. Cause I think at this point I was not buying in these action figures like this. However, they were so dedicated to these toy sales that they actually created an entire universe around this one particular universe. Ah. So as I mentioned, this is a sequel to another film. So in 2015, previous to this one, we got Batman Unlimited Animal Instincts, which introduced the Ace the Blade Wolf Robo Cycle. Uh, following this one, following Monster Mayhem, we got in 2016, Batman Unlimited Mechs versus Mutants. I don't even, but tell me. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to tell you about what happens in that one because um, there's just so much more that they added in. In between these films, they released a TV, a web series that ran for two seasons. Season one had 22 three-minute long shorts. Oh and season two <laughs> followed up with another 11. In fact, if you are still interested, I found that it is actually still available on the YouTube um, DC Kids channel. And apparently also available on Tubi, the streaming service. Um, but if you do watch them, there's no dialogue. No dialogue whatsoever. No one speaks. Okay. Um, but yeah, they also created a mobile game for it. <laughs> so you tell me they built a whole franchise over some oven mitt toys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. They got the we got the movies, they got the show, they got the video game. And my favorite of all. They got the books. There are novels. There are there some people printed ink yep. for all of this. <laughs> mm-hmm. We got three children's books. 
first one was called Better Call Batman. And then we also had Batman Strikes Back. And the most popular of all, it probably wasn't, but I'm thinking it was probably the most popular of all. Batman is kind. And in that story, it so happens when after Batman defeats all the criminals and sends them into Arkham, Robin asks him, what are you going to do in your day off? And Batman replies, the most important work of all. Today, I'm serving up kindness and spends the entire day being kind to people. All right, guys. All right. I thought Titans had killed Batman, but it turns out he was long dead before then. <laughs> Here's another thing that might put a nail in the coffin that I think may call, cause you to rage quit this whole entire podcast. Oh, God. Um, I want you to remember what I told you about the director of this film. In today's WTF in media, According to an interview that was part of the um, special features that came along with the DVD of this, the purchase of the DVD of this movie, the director revealed the rest and as well as the rest of producers that this universe is to serve as a precursor to the universe of Batman Beyond. My RTA alteration is that he never said that. Yeah, um, you know, unfortunately, this is what it is because they were trying to find the bridge between what was happening in Batman, the new adventures of Batman and Robin and Batman Beyond. And why was it that Gotham and Batman got so technologically advanced between the two series? And this is the reason why. Is it though? (laughs) I would have accepted a natural progress of forward moving time as the answer. (laughs) I I didn't need this. (laughs) Well, you got it. And unfortunately, that is your Halloween ghost story tale of today. (laughs) Wait a minute. This can't be canon because Tim Drake is still here. Yeah, but, you know, it was because I'm assuming that it's not canon, but they were just trying to trying to create something that could bridge the universes does it work no um but because of the fact that it's the same director that's worked on batman beyond and we also got will friedel as nightwing who we know does eventually go on to voice um terry mcginnis there's some credibility here i unlike solomon grundy i do not recognize this authority (laughs) and do decline all right well i'm just gonna leave it at that because i don't want to scare you anymore um so i'm gonna we're gonna wrap up batman unlimited monster mayhem thank you to calendar man for bringing this film to our attention and providing hopefully the rest of batman fans out there a bit of a scare um we're gonna head on back for uh fortunately i think we did enough good work i'm getting the thumbs up from calendar man here uh, that we can start heading back into our sweet or sour season. So stay tuned for that next week. But until next time, take care of yourselves and remember that, uh, you know, it might be worth it to actually pay the good money for cybersecurity um, because Joker may do something and you may just end up having your browser history seen by the Joker. And if you have the chance to turn your motorcycle into a wolf, just don't do it.
Just say no. <laughs> Just say no.